Welcome to Uncomplicating Weight Loss and Life. I'm your host, Eva Rodriguez, proud Latina, single mom, certified life coach, and weight loss coach. I'm here to help high-achieving boss women lose their weight for the last damn time and up-level their lives. When it comes to your health, weight loss, and this thing called life, I'm not saying it'll always be easy, but it doesn't have to be complicated. We live in a day and age where you can pretty much change your identity online. Everything from Snapchat filters to the Instagram filters to Photoshopping apps. It's really easy to portray yourself in any way that you want because of all of the technology that we have at our fingertips. That's fun, but it can also have a dark side. And so in today's episode, I actually want to talk about self-image and body dysmorphia. And body dysmorphia disorder is actually something that I have struggled with for quite some time. And I'm going to share part of my story as well. But before I get into my story, I do want to give you the clinical explanation of what body dysmorphia is. Body dysmorphic disorder is a condition in which people think that there's something very wrong with their physical appearance. People obsess about these perceived imperfections just a fleeting thought that they might think about and worry about instead of letting it go they basically obsess over it right and typically that can take anywhere from like three to eight hours a day of you picking your flaws apart thinking that there's something wrong with what you see in the mirror thinking that there's something inherently wrong with you and it's actually known studies show that it's more common in women than men, although men can have it as well. BDD is only diagnosed when the perceived flaw in appearance is actually non-existent or only very slight. But most people with body dysmorphia disorder don't realize that the flaws that they perceive are actually either minimal or not there at all. So they believe that the flaw is clearly noticeable and it's noticeable to everybody and that that makes them unattractive or ugly, and so therefore they pick themselves apart. Body dysmorphia can be found in all gender identities, and part of it does come from your environment, and also part of it can also come from your chemicals in your brain. So it's one of those things that if you suffer from it, or if you're not aware that you suffer from it, it can really, really like do a number on your on your mindset, right? Because you may sometimes think that because what you see and what other people see don't match up makes us think that like, well, maybe I'm crazy, right? And what I want to do is bring awareness to this and bring awareness to this situation that a lot of us actually go through. And oftentimes we're not even aware that it's an issue. Part of my story is I actually didn't know that I had body dysmorphia until about a year and a half ago when I was working with a different therapist. And she brought it up to me as I was just talking. And she said, you know, I think that you might have body dysmorphia disorder. And I didn't really know what it was. She wasn't trained to help me with it. But just the fact that she was able to bring that up to me, it opened up this whole new world for me because I was like, well, let me look that up. Let me see what that actually means. And I realized that I I do. And it really resonated with me. And the, the most basic way that I can explain what body dysmorphia feels like is looking in the mirror and it's almost like the reflection that you see is like looking in a funhouse mirror. So there is this disassociation between how you really look and how you think you look. And I noticed this in myself 
probably when I really started to lose weight because once I started losing the weight, I happened to be in um, in the very beginning of my journey when I became a personal trainer, I was in this mastermind with other personal trainers and, and fitness influencers and, and um, a lot of the women were bikini bodybuilders, right? So they had a very specific body type that I did not have. It was a body type that I actually didn't want to have because it's it's just not the way that I wanted to look. But I thought that that was the only way that people would want to work with me is if I looked like that. I started to really like start to pick myself apart even more than usual. Although it's always been, it's been an ongoing thing for me my, my entire life. I've always battled with, you know, it's interesting because since I was a little girl, people would say, you know, you're so pretty, you're so pretty, but I never felt it. And part of the reason why you see me in this this very dramatic, very extra dress that's akin to maybe a quinceañera dress, just a lot more fabulous, is I wanted to do an ode to that little girl that never felt seen, never felt beautiful, and never felt like she belonged anywhere because she was different and because of the things that she had experienced really early on in her life. My experience with body dysmorphia I think really came to a head, as I mentioned, once I became a personal trainer and seeing just all of these influencers and all of these people on social media and and I felt very inadequate. And I always thought that I had to be perfect in order to start helping people because who wants to work with a personal trainer? Who wants to work with a health coach? Who wants to work with a weight loss coach that isn't at her ideal or isn't there yet, right? Who's still working on herself. And that created a lot of mind drama for me. And then where I think it really got exacerbated for me was when I started taking branding photos for as I started building my business. So every season I take new photos and I have an amazing photographer. Her name is Amanda Gabadi with the Branding Babe. She's amazing. And she would send me my photos to go through and I started looking through them and I would notice that it felt like I was looking at a stranger. And it happened over and over again. Every time I would do a photo shoot, I had this image in my head of how I looked and then I would get the photo back and she always she sends it in this very organized online portfolio and there's always this introductory image right it's the first image that I see and that kind of sets the tone for me and I noticed that I would see that first image and it was me but I didn't recognize myself and one day I said who the fuck is that and I'm like oh it's me for a moment I thought she sent me someone else's photos and that's when I realized there's a really big disconnect going on here. And that's when I actually mentioned that was the specific situation that I mentioned to my therapist at the time. And that's when she said, that's body dysmorphia. Because what I see and what other people see is not the same thing. For a long time, especially when I was younger, people would be like, oh, well, you're just conceited. You're always in the mirror. You're always like trying to be perfect. They would make me feel bad or, you know, I didn't have, I didn't know thought work and all of that. So I would feel bad when they would say these things because I was I was never conceited. It's not that I was snobby and I thought I was better than people. I was literally like, no, I don't like how I look. So I want to fix it. And I would become obsessed with fixing things. And as I got older and as I've shared in some of my episodes, even like in my dating life and, and seeking this validation, this external validation from other people, which is a, is a losing game, I would 
think that the reason why this relationship didn't work or that relationship didn't work or I got cheated on or it was because of how I looked. It was because there was something wrong with me. And so I would start obsessing about how can I look better? What do I need to do? Do I change my hair? Do I start wearing different clothes? Do I need to lose a little bit more weight? Maybe I'm getting too skinny. I would go down this this rabbit hole of all the things and I would look in the mirror and just pick myself apart. All the things. When my hair started getting gray, that was a, a really big one for me because I'm like, oh, well, now I'm old, right? What am I going to do now? I have gray hair. That means I'm old. And no one else would notice these things. No one else would notice any of the flaws. No one else would notice any of the things that I'd be like, no, no, really, look, let me show you. Let me show you. Let me show you. And I would do these things to try to like show other people that like what I see and what they see is not the same, but you're wrong and I'm right. Except every time I would look in the mirror, it was a completely different thing. It was a completely different reflection. And the more awareness that I got around it, I realized that I can look in the mirror 10 times in a day and I see 10 different people. And I knew that that wasn't normal, but I didn't know that it had a name until my therapist at the time brought it up to me. Unfortunately, she wasn't able to help me, so I didn't know really what to do with this. So now it's like, okay, I know I have body dysmorphia. Where do we go from here? What do I do? And understanding that it's actually a diagnosis and there's help, but I didn't know how to find that help. And finally I did. And finally I was able to actually, once I, once I decided to let go of that therapist, I really went on a quest to look for a therapist that was equipped and trained to deal with body dysmorphia, PTSD, and the trauma that I had been battling with since I was four years old. And what I learned was to get through this, there were certain things that I needed to do. One of them being EMDR therapy, which has been really, really helpful. Cognitive behavioral therapy is also another tool that helps with this diagnosis. And also I went back on antidepressants. That's a story in and of itself that I wanna briefly share with you because once I became a health coach and I started learning about the way that medicines alter things and affect us, I actually went cold turkey with all the medications that I was taking because I wanted to be holistic and I wanted to be, you know, I wanted to be all natural and I didn't want to have any chemicals. I didn't want to be taking any chemicals. So at that time, I was on Xanax, Zoloft, and Ambien. And I took those every day. And that's how I maintained my moods. And that's how I would go to sleep because I, I could not fall asleep without Ambien. And Ambien is a very, very addictive medication. So became a health coach. And I said, you know what? I'm going to be healthy and I, I don't need to do any of these things. I can, I can fix all of this with the right foods, with the right exercise with mindfulness, with all of those things. When it was offered to me, like, you know, to help you with this, because it's a form of obsessive compulsiveness, right? And so I literally, my brain would get stuck. It's almost like if you can picture a broken record, if you're too young to know what that is like, um, or a broken CD player, like when the CD would skip. And if you're too young to remember CDs, I don't know what to tell you. Listen, sometimes you get stuck in this loop and it just continues and continues. That's what the thought would be. So I would basically latch myself onto one flaw that I perceived or one imperfection. And I would go in and it would be hours and hours of like, this is so ugly. I am so ugly. What is wrong with me? Picking at myself, pulling at myself, standing in the mirror, pinching my fat, doing all of these things. I would do that and I would obsess over that. And I would tell myself, if I can fix this, I'll be more likable. If I can fix this, I'll actually be beautiful. One of the things that I, w I also want to briefly touch on once I, once I really got to this place where I thought maybe I should talk about this with people because I would have clients tell me, you know, I have body dysmorphia as well. And I was always afraid to talk about this specific thing because I didn't want people to think that I was looking for sympathy or pity because I'm not or validation or like also for someone to maybe think, 
well, what do you know about not being pretty? What do you know? You've been beautiful your whole life. When I tell you I've never felt beautiful, when I tell people that they don't believe me, they think I'm, I'm like fishing for compliments and I'm not. It's just the truth. It's my truth. It is very seldom actually that I feel beautiful and it doesn't matter how many people tell me that I am. If I don't believe it, it just doesn't land because I would struggle with believing people when they would say that because I didn't believe it. And really, at the end of the day, only thing that matters is how you feel and how you think about yourself, because a million people can tell you you're amazing. We think about celebrities, right, and, and, and all the things that they go through. And people are like, oh, my gosh, you have everything. You have all the money. You have all this access. But they're also very unhappy. And a lot of them also have body dysmorphia which is why they do the nip and the tuck in and all of these things, right? To, to maintain a look or to chase these trends. So when I tell you that it is very seldom that I actually feel beautiful and that part of the reason why I really didn't want to go on YouTube and I was so scared to go on video is because I was afraid I wouldn't like what I looked like because I was afraid that it would be the same situation when I got back my videos to post them that I go through every time I get my photos taken. And I go through each and every photo painstakingly, making sure that there is no flaw. And if there is one that it's not perceivable or it's an, it's an okay flaw, that's something that, I have, that I've lived with for a really, really long time. And I wanna normalize it because I know that a lot of people don't even realize that that's a problem and don't realize that there are solutions, that there are tools that can help you. So the other tool, was an antidepressant. And because I didn't want to go back on medication, I actually thought that that made me a fraud. I actually thought that, again, I was judging myself. I thought that that meant all of these, you know, the mindfulness tools and all of these things that I, that I do and that I teach and that I'm certified and trained to do, I thought that should be enough. Why do I have to rely on a chemical? And once I realized that that chemical, that medication is what's going to help me find that chemical balance because there is an imbalance in my brain, an imbalance that causes me to obsess and to see things that aren't necessarily there and to make a flaw so much bigger than it needs to be and to then spend hours and hours of my day being completely unproductive thinking about these things and how I can hide it and how I can change it. If taking an antidepressant will help me be more productive and will help me show up and help people and will allow me to bring this awareness and allow me to talk about it in a way that's not from a place of shame, but from a place of, hey, listen, I have these struggles and it's okay. And I'm not broken. And there is nothing wrong with me. And we are all perfectly imperfect. And I used to really hate that. And I also hated that John Legend song when he talked about it. But it's true. There is no perfection. And as long as I was seeking perfection, I was always setting myself up for pain, for suffering, and perpetuating the wound that I've had since I was four years old of I'm not good enough. So I wanted to do this episode to just bring awareness to body dysmorphia disorder. And if you think that you suffer from it, there is help out there. There are therapists that are trained to help you with this. And if you need to go through several, I always say finding a good therapist is like finding an amazing pair of shoes or jeans. Sometimes the first one isn't the one for you, and sometimes you outgrow them. So I encourage you that if that's something that you struggle with, get the help. There is help out there. And don't be like me and think that just because you might need to use an antidepressant or anti-anxiety, the SSRIs is what they're called, that that means that you can't function without medicine. Because sometimes we do need that. 
Sometimes we do need that to get out of our own way and to then be able to help other people. As I wrap this episode in my very big pink dress in my very favorite color, as I sit in what is very much a bubble, I want to dedicate this episode to five-year-old Eva, who always felt alone and never felt like she belonged anywhere. And for all of the little girls out there and the little girl version of you, no matter how old you are, that we are all beautiful and we are all unique and you are not broken. And even if you've been through trauma or if you haven't, big T trauma, little T trauma or anything in between, you are worthy. And God didn't make any mistakes. So he most certainly didn't make a mistake when he made me this way or when he made you the way that you are. And that's all for today. Bye for now. Thank you so much for tuning in and trusting that none of this has to be complicated. You can have the health, the body, and the life that you've always desired. Be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. Find me on Instagram and YouTube at It's Eva Rodriguez so that I can support you on your journey of uncomplicating weight loss and life.